to Z, a flavor odyssey. And the odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of a flavor odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. It's our co-host, Randy Griggs, coming to you from Lot B Cigar Dojo Studio out here in, uh, I think it's kind of chilly California today, Randy. Uh, we're here with episode U, brought to you by the fine folks at Drew Estate, Randy. The rebirth, the rebirth of, of cigars. cigars. That was fantastic. We have a second half. That was oh, that was great. We have a we have real promotion materials coming soon. We need to we need to harmonize on that. Yes. Should we do it like acapella? I was just about to say we can start it on acapella yeah. group. Yeah. Done. Okay. I'll sing baritone. Excellent. Are you are you more of a you're more of a falsetto guy? I think. Okay. How are you feeling today? As long as I'm not a Fugazi guy, I, I feel all right about wh- whatever it is you Fugazi, just said. Fugazi, Fugazi? Um, I'm great. I'm uh, excited to be here. Are you happy and excited I, to be here? I am. I am. Me too. Uh, t- tonight is um, a show that I'm very excited Ooh. about because of uh, what we're bringing. We have some firsts on here, some awesome history going on. I get to geek out a bunch. I'll tell you what. Uh, letter U... Uh, as in Randy, we drastically underestimated the, uh, or maybe overestimated, uh, we underestimated the ability to find a beer with you in the title is what I'm trying to say. I got there in a very weird way. Um, but the timing was great. Like with, with the Urodashis, the cigar that we're smoking, uh, Pilsner Urquell is just a classic, classic staple of this style. Um, and I know Randy's got a bunch. This is going to be a very Randy-heavy episode, which... I mean, it's fine with me. Uh, I'll I'll chime in with a snarky comment every now and again, uh, and you know, try to you know get you all fired up in a soapbox moment. I don't think we're gonna have any soapbox moments, but uh, we've definitely got. There's a ton of history behind this beer, yeah. um, and so uh, to be a little more specific, we're smoking the Urudashi, which is Randy the first dojo cigar dojo release that we've uh, smoked on the show. That's exactly it's very right. very cool. This one Urudashi, uh, I believe, means. Uh, it's Leap Day or Leap Year or Leap Year, and this was released on Leap Day, which, as we all know, uh, is uh, February 29th, mm-hmm. and it's sold out. I believe in I don't know if it's record time, but just a few hours. Yeah, four hours is is quick. Sold uh, out super yeah. super fast. No, normally, uh, the the servers would have melted mm. by then, but uh, the Abor at Smoke Inn was was built and ready for this type of activity. Only a few companies are, apparently. Yeah. So it was uh, 300 bundles of 10. uh, Sold out super, super fast. And um, we know people. So we were lucky enough to get our hands on a few and uh, to smoke the cigar. This is the first time I've smoked it. I know that you have a much more intimate knowledge um, of this cigar, Randy. We'll get into that in a minute. I'll just give... Oh, and and the beer. Uh, Pilsner Urquell. Now... This is not like the stand. This is a, a can. This is not like the standard can. This is like some limited edition. It came in a few different colors, um, but uh, it's got some. What do you call this? The N here with the little V over the top of it. What's that? I oh. I don't know the name of that accent. Oh, it's got some. It's the little. It's on there. Uh, it's not an umlaut. I do like a good umlaut. Yes. But uh, this, I don't know what that is. Anyway, um, so Pilsner Urquell been around forever. Uh, obviously, it's a Pilsner. And uh, we're drinking it out of a, uh, a clear glass, mm-hmm. Randy, that we'll get into that in a minute. Um, where do you want to go first? You want to talk about the cigar a little bit? Uh, well, let me go ahead. Let's talk about the cigar a little bit. So, <clears throat> Urudashi, 
This is a collaboration between Cigar Dojo that we're 150% of you are familiar with and the uh, and Alec Bradley, Alec and Bradley of Alec Bradley Cigars. It features a a wrapper from Honduras, uh, binder and filler cigar or cigars, binder and filler tobaccos from Nicaragua uh, and Honduras. Honduras mainly, from what I understand. Uh, this comes from ooh, I'm gonna let you say that, Randy. Fabrica. Fabricas de tabacos raíces cubanos. Thank you. Sounds so much better when you say. <laughs> uh, limited to production, three thousand cigars, bundles of ten, six by fifty-two Toro. And went on sale at 12 p.m. Eastern on February 29th, and it was sold out by four hours later by supper time. <laughs> What's the difference between dinner and supper? Um, Are they the same thing? If you live on a little house on the prairie or in the real world, yeah, is that the right answer? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> is it like it's like hobbits have supper and then dinner? Oh, do they? After second breakfast and afternoon tea and luncheon. I don't really go in for the whole, like, uh, living my life through fantasy. They're tiny little guys, and they eat a ton. Um, and, they well, they make a lot of beer, too. You'd like, I think we yeah. all get along, actually. Yeah, no. Um, anyway, we don't need to talk <laughs> about hobbits. So that's, that's a little bit of the background on the Urudashi. Randy, I know that you were um, involved with the cigar a little I, bit. I got to participate and contribute yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't want to overstate yeah, it, but no, I don't no, want to understate no. it either. No, I remember yeah. when we first talked about this. Um, at s- at some point, the cigar came up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I've heard those are really good." You're like, "Yeah, they are." I'm like, well, how do you know they are? It doesn't <laughs> even come out for another month or something like that. Yeah, no, it was really exciting. It was the uh, first time I've ever got to be part of uh, a process like that. Uh, I went down with Jordan and Eric to Miami for an overall cigar dojo trip that included Lazona. Uh, part of that was uh, going by Alec Bradley and doing the final blend uh, trials. And um, really, really cool experience to get to be part of. I'm, I'm super grateful to Eric and Jordan for letting me, uh, you know, have a vote or have a say. Um, and and so uh, they brought out all these cigars, and they thought, you know, so first of all, Alec and Bradley of Alec Bradley Cigars. You all, I'm sure, know Alan Rubin owns Alec Bradley Cigars. He named it after his sons when they were like toddlers. Uh, now they're all grown up. They're part of the the business, and they have this whole secondary line now called Alec and Bradley. Start off with the Blind Faith. They had huge success last year with the release of Gatekeeper, mm-hmm. um, and so very exciting that this this is their third release as brothers working together on a on a line separate from kind of the family portfolio. And so this is just a third release that they've done, and that they chose Cigar Dojo is pretty darn cool. Um, so, uh, so we went down there though, and they, they wanted to impress. They're working with, um, a, a new farm. Hmm. Uh, that's really exciting for the whole Alec and Brad- Alec Bradley company is it's a infusion of a new flavor that, uh, I guess they've been oh, w- working for some time with, uh, this farm to kind of get everything aligned, but they're introducing them as a new partner. And so they went down there and. Uh, we're playing with all the new tobacco, and so this is uh, a result of that trip and, and this new partnership. Um, in my understanding, it is primarily uh, Honduran tobacco, like percentage-wise. Uh, it with, tastes very Honduran. Yeah, yeah. They put just a little bit of Nicaragua uh, tobacco in there to, to you know give some complexity and a, a nice flavor. 
and we'll get into the flavor of it later. But yeah, that was my experience with it. And, you know, I got to sit there and give my two cents. And uh, this was the consensus favorite. The guys brought out you know, all these big, powerful uh, cigars at, at first. And Eric and Jordan said, well, you know, we really like to focus on strong in flavor more so than strong in, in tobacco. And they said, oh, well, let's let's pull out these other five then. And so it was that second round of, uh, of blends that were all exceptional. They were all like finished blends. They were just figuring out like where these are going to fit, you know, in the future of our mm -hmm. portfolio. And uh, so we got to pick from all the things that, you know, this likely would have come out as a regular Alec Bradley cigar had uh, yeah. Gojo not uh, worked with them to uh, to partner on it. So so that was my piece of, of the equation there. It's it's an interesting smoke. I, I mentioned earlier, I said, <clears throat> kind of chimed in and said it tastes very Honduran. Um you know how, like, if you smoke a, a Nicaraguan cigar, for the most part, you get the, you can kind of tell when, as you, the more you, you smoke cigars, you realize, okay, that that has a very strong Nicaraguan flavor. Now you can get a bit more specific and say, well, I taste more jalapa in this and that kind of thing. I'm I'm looking at this from, a, you know, a, a higher a bird's eye view, I guess. Um, not quite as detailed as that. But when you smoke a Dominican cigar, you kind of get that vibe of Dominican. This has a very strong Honduran vibe to me. I don't know how, uh, how else to describe it other you know. than I, when you light it up, I think the first thing I said is like, wow, this really tastes Honduran. Yeah. And I, but again, I, I don't know if I could describe well, it. Well, we, we have the same thing in beer. Um, you know, hmm. Sierra Nevada was one of the, the first breweries mm -hmm. that like really – there, there's consistency is what people talk about, but in the beer industry, we talk about that house flavor. You could try their pale ale, their porter, their stout, their 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 crystal Weizen, and they taste like a Sierra Nevada beer. Mm. Uh, and through time, I've figured out that's that's their technique, that's the ingredients that they source, that's the yeast that they use, mm. um, and so they're able to build in uh, what was always renowned as like a staple of quality was a house flavor hmm, interesting interesting that was uh kind of off the cuff um <clears throat> for me as far as flavor i just want to get into a little bit of the flavor um right off the bat a lot of woody notes in here not like a cedar kind of wood to me but like a richer wood flavor i don't know if that would be oak or mahogany i have no idea but it's it's woody and it's a bit richer um and there's a nice kind of toffee sweetness a little bit of peanuts in there uh almost has like a candy bar kind of vibe without the chocolate i don't really get any chocolate there's a little bit of black pepper spice on the retro hail not a lot uh just enough i think to kind of balance it out that's probably coming from i think that that uh that nicaraguan leaf that they have in there maybe a little bit of esteli in there um very very pleasant cigar to smoke man and i i went back and watched the, the live video i did the other day I'm sitting there and I was I just couldn't stop sniffing the wrapper on the cigar. And I didn't realize that I did it like seven or eight times in <laughs> a, like five minutes because it just the wrapper just smells so good. And I'm hoping uh, I mean that uh, cigars have arrived. So you guys are pairing along with us. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that uh, Smokin did uh, the best they could to ship everything out that Saturday, which I mean, God bless them. That's they to get to get that stuff shipped out that quick. That's yeah, they do a talking about job. Yeah. I mean, 300 bundles. I know some of you out there, I know at least one person bought a couple of bundles. I know sometimes you can buy two or three. Um, so you got to figure it's at least 200 orders would be my guess. That's a lot of orders to bang out in a day. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're uh, appreciative of the work that the folks over at Smoke In do. Um, and I, you know, I wasn't involved in this cigar. I have 
no skin in this game. The cigar is pretty damn good. <laughs> it's pretty damn good. So, um, and I'm, I have high hopes for this pairing. Yep. Because I feel like there's going to be some uh, flavor components that, that cross over from uh, the Pilsner to this particular cigar. Randy, let's, uh, let's dive into the beer. Great. I know you have a look, look how excited <laughs> he is. Like, I want to talk about this. Um, so, this is a historic beer. This is probably uh, arguably the most important beer ever brewed in history. Holy. <laughs> um, You're fired up, man. I am. I'm so I excited. Am. I can so, feel your energy. So, 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 something I do want to say about the cans um, these are all, all retro cans. This is a, a special limited release. All the liquid in all these cans is all exactly the same. This brewery makes one beer. And, uh, and these are all old school, uh, different iterations that yes, they've gone through yes, through the years. Yeah, so this goes back, you know, through time and old packaging that they've had, and so they came up with this four pack as a as a retro pack. They, they uh, it celebrates over 175 years of Czech brewing tradition. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, um, so this beer uh, was brewed for the first time in 1842, and on uh, November 11th. Uh, it celebrated the age of new beer. Um, that's why this is so important because it, it's that monumental. Um, before Pilsner Quill brewed their Bohemian-style Pilsner or their Czech-style Pilsner, uh, all beer was dark and murky in color and was drank out of ceramic uh, mugs, steins. And it was... Um, Back then, you know, we've talked about the the Kingdom of Flanders before, and and you know, Europe wasn't always called the countries that we know it today, right? There were these huge territories, and so uh, other than the Kingdom of Flanders, there was also Bavaria, which was mostly where Germany is now, and uh, there was Bohemia, which uh, the capital of Bohemia was Pilsen, and that's now the capital of the Czech Republic. Uh, so these were cornerstone uh, beer. Uh, capitals of the world. Uh, Pilsen uh, became a very highly uh, industrial European city where uh, that brought in all kinds of designers and architects and, and intellects of, of its time uh, when it was, uh, as soon as it was first uh, created, which is in, in 1295. Uh, and the, the king of Bohemia that made Pilsen in 1295 uh, he gave legal ability for um, the con- the community to brew, and so that was like a major thing back then. You had to have you know you were either a monk or of royal lineage, oh, really? or was oh, or, I had no idea. or were given permission. Yeah, yeah you was that a common thing throughout Europe? At Europe, least, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, again, this is you know in the twelve hundreds. Sure. So, uh, so Pilsen at that point like became uh, a you know center of uh, of brewing technology and everything else uh, in the world, and so in uh, in 1838, uh, a furious mob revolted in in the city, and they took 36 barrels of beer and they busted them open and they poured them into the street. Oh. And they filled the streets of Pilsen with beer in, revol- in revolt against all the bad beer that was being <laughs> served in, in local taverns. And so, uh, so as a result, a, uh, a committee was, was put together. They commissioned a brewery to be built of the newest, greatest technology. And they brought in a young, uh, on-the-rise Bavarian brewer to 
build this epic, like no one's ever seen before, brewery and and brew a perfect beer, and uh, and they they brewed a bohemian style pilsner that is known stylistically for being. Um, it separates itself from a German pilsner by using Bavarian malts and doing direct fire uh, brewing, as well as the Czech saws hops, which are classically known as being spicy and woody. Um, and so it's got more body than a German style pils. It's still got an assertive bitterness, but um, but very smooth, a little bit more round. Has that that uh, those direct fire qualities where it caramelizes uh, some of the sugar in, in the wort. When you say direct fire, what do you mean? So uh, common breweries today are heat the heating source for bringing the wort to a boil uh, will uh, typically be a steam jacket that is around the outside of the kettle, and that's what heats the liquid. By putting a direct flame on the bottom, you get this hot spot like you would on your kitchen stove, sure. and that creates a caramelization that turns those beers darker than you'll be. You, you oh. can achieve a lighter colored beer on a steam kettle. Um, Interesting. So uh, so the little bit darker color on this uh, beer makes it uh, a, a dark hay color, a deep straw. It feels about right. Yeah. And uh and yeah, so that's that's Pilsner Quell. Oh, but you yeah, can draw more. you can draw But di- there's more. <laughs> but there's more. Uh you can draw a direct line in the success of the glass industry with the production of this beer because at at that point that this beer was made is why we drink beer from clear glass today and it revolutionized the glass industry in that time because everyone wanted to stop using their their clay mugs and uh, and go to show uh, off how pretty it is exactly exactly that's amazing to think pretty cool that's amazing to think that this beer is the reason we drink beer out of a glass. Now, maybe if they didn't do it, somebody else would have done it later. Sure. Probably sure. would have happened. But it's just, I don't know, that's just pretty cool. And to think that it's only been 175 years, which doesn't seem like that long of a time. Right. Really, especially in the history of, of beer in general. Right. It's, that's like a blip on the radar. And then to think how much things have changed since then. To, to now, we strive for murky colored yeah. beers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything was great until Hazy IPA screwed it all up. That's funny. That is too funny. That's, there's so much history with this beer. And I've had this beer you know, several times. And you think of, well, maybe some people think of Pilsners. Pilsners and um, uh, lagers in general are making a bit of a resurgence in the craft community. Uh, much more difficult to make a quality lager, a quality clear beer um, than it is to make like an IPA or a stout. Uh, you were saying you could fall down and make an act, make a good stout. Right, right. I think that's, uh, maybe you didn't say that, but you said something along those lines. Um, I need to learn to fall down because every time I make a stout, it sucks. <laughs> so maybe that's my problem. But um, yeah, that's, I, and I've said this before, every time I go to a new brewery, I, I just, I peruse what they have available. And if they've got a lager, uh, Pilsner, Kolsch, something like that. That's the first beer that I'll try. You, I mean, it's probably the first beer you should try anyway from a yeah. flavor standpoint. But to me, if you can make a good Pilsner or a good Kolsch, lager, whatever, mm-hmm. then the rest of your stuff should just be dynamite. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. You know, it's because it's lighter in flavor, you're going to notice uh, nuanced off flavors. 
little can't hide your mistakes. Can't hide your mistakes. That's exactly the common thing because um, with a stout, you know, hell, you're putting you know, these rich, dark coffee-like flavors, and hell, you can add some coffee to it, and you, you can do all kinds of things. And so, some little like nuanced corn-like characteristic is going to get lost in the in the mix of all that flavor, where, where it's you know just not even noticeable. So in a beer like this, I'll put you on the spot, put your uh, Randy's beer judge hat on, and I didn't warn you I was going to do this. In a beer like this, what are some of the off flavors that would be kind of maybe common? Um, you could go over really cloyingly sweet, trying to achieve that, uh, you know, if you read uh, uh, stylistically that it, that it has a little bit more body, that can be uh, affected not just by the caramelization of that direct fire if you're doing an all grain you could uh, raise the temperature of the of the mash to try and have more of the sugar stay behind rather than ferment out from the yeast mm. um, and so you know mastering that that level of uh, of mashing could affect the beer other than that corniness if you don't get a good uh, if you don't get a good boil on, on pilsners that's always Kind of a uh, sulfur and, and corn are always something that I watch for on on lagers. Sulfur's bad. Yeah, th- those are typically caused from you didn't have a strong enough boil, you didn't boil long enough, or you didn't have a clean fermentation. Mm. In any event, you haven't mastered the basic techniques of brewing, and so uh, <laughs> that's me. No, no, no. But uh, but to your point, like if you really want to like check the the quality that's coming out of a, a, any specific brewery and they've got a Pilsner or lager on hand, that's going to be your truest, you, you know, needle north. It's of, kind of your barometer right, of, of right. what's going on. Cause it is just, it's, it's, it's just a difficult style to make to, uh, to, to not do all the stuff that Randy just said, uh, and still hit that flavor profile and get something that's, uh, maybe a little bit different than other Pilsners on the market or other lagers on the market and, Try to do something unique with it without losing that care. Like, just like blending a Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've talked yep. about this yep. already. Uh, have we done a Pilsner already? Uh, we did in the pilot show. We did the, I mean, the Mexican That's lager. That's a Mexican lager. A yeah. p- proper Pilsner? I don't think we have. Hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah, we I have. feel like we have, but maybe not. So this, I mean, this really did work out, kind of come together. It was very fortuitous, the timing with all this. And then the letters. Uh, and then the letters uh, worked <laughs> out. And Randy texted me in a frenzy. He's like, what are we going to do for you? There's just nothing out there. And uh, so I went to the untapped. And he sent me like eight. And, and I said, <laughs> well, there, was, there were a few. like Some that are just kind of random, like, uh, I, I don't know, different names for different IPAs throughout the country. Sure. I mean, um, <clears throat> I know our, my brewery does, not my brewery, the brewery I work with does Unholy Ghost, which is a beer that I would love to feature on here, but none of you are going to be able to get your hands on it. Unless you're in California or you know somebody that works at the brewery. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, maybe someday we'll do that. That's a different story. But, yeah, you know, we, we've talked about, uh, I mean, we're getting we're getting there, right? Like, we're on you. We've got, what, five episodes left Something for this like season? And all of those, are they all listed on the website now? Because we've planned out the pairings for the rest of the alphabet. Yes. I don't know if, if Jordan no, has added no, them to the no, site yet. You know yet what? Or not. Officially, I can almost guarantee. Well, we, there was one that we just figured out today. Yeah. So, now you should be able to go to cigardojo.com and 
and uh, do a search on Flavor Odyssey and see the, the list, list of, of beers and cigars all the way through the letter Z. Yeah, so we, we're we're uh, we're planning that out. Uh, s- at least one of them is going to be a little tough to find, so we'll uh, we'll we'll try to be as helpful as we can in uh, in putting you into a uh, a beer that's that you can find locally that's similar. But we'll get there. Let's uh, let's focus on what we're doing here. Yes. So for a pilsner, what are some of the flavors that I should be looking for? Ah. So a pilsner is great because it, it is grain driven, so it should have uh, pilsner malt is is known to be a little bit sweeter mm. and have a higher protein, which makes it kind of give off this breadier flavor yeah. than, than a regular two row. So lagers are often a little bit breadier than um, pilsner specifically, or than than light ales. Um, a lager over an ale, it's you know a lager is always supposed to be clean and refreshing. Um, and I, doing my research for this beer, I actually like found maybe one of the earliest references to top and bottom mm-hmm. fermenting, and I confirmed it was about a hundred years before a microscope was invented. It's it may or may not be correct, but it's still a, a terminology that's used. True, true. Uh, one day we will evolve. Uh, <laughs> see, I told I told you I'd get him on a soapbox moment. I knew I could do it. I knew it. Oh I wasn't gosh. even intending that, but it happened. Um, so being a lager, it should be cleaner and more refreshing. Uh, but again, versus a German lager, which is known to have that uh, sharp mm. uh, uh, hot bite from the bitterness, this reads out at about the same bitterness on on a like uh, you know scientific level. But because of the little bit sweeter, bigger body in in the malt, it actually comes across more balanced than a the a German Pilsner. And so, like I said, you get a little bit darker color, more body. The body is everything on this beer. But, again, the saws, hops, you should get a, a, a certain um, uh, grassy spiciness yeah. uh, to the aroma. But very bready, kind of kind of has that nice toasted, uh, uh, I, I think, of more the crust of the bread. But uh, but clean, refreshing, yeah. delicious. I'm, I'm getting <clears throat> a little bit of, in a very, it's like it's very mild. But almost like a little bit of a ginger mm. kind of thing, and I wonder if that's from the pairing because uh, I've never really noticed that before. Very, very mild, um, not like a ginger ale, but uh, like maybe if you took a ginger ale and like watered it down a whole, whole, whole bunch, like just a tiny little bit of ginger on that, and then it still wouldn't taste anything like this beer. That's correct. <laughs> that's correct. Uh, I I love this beer. I've had, and I have actually haven't had it in a while, <clears throat> and uh, this to me is just. It's like all the things you said, super refreshing. There's it. I think the average person thinks of a Pilsner as a boring beer. Um, this beer has got a lot going on. There's a there's more sweetness. than I remember it's pulling out a nice sweetness. The, the sweetness is play. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, play together really, really well from that kind of toffee note that we talked about uh, or that I talked about in the cigar um, <clears throat> with the beer is is playing uh, very nicely together. I went into this pairing thinking that, well, at the very least, we're going to get a palate cleanser that's got a little bit of flavor to it. Mm-hmm. That was really all I was hoping for. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised with how well uh, the intensity of this is holding up mm-hmm. to the intensity of this. I feel like, uh, should we just get into this yep. since we're kind of there already? Yeah, I think you've already yeah. gone, gone one step yeah, past I've already, <laughs> I think I've already, uh, the cat is out of the bag, yeah. but... Um, buried the lead. I don't know whatever you call it. 
to me, the <clears throat> intensity is spot on. Yeah. And that surprises me. Um, this is a medium strength, may I say medium across the board. Medium strength, medium body, very, very pleasant cigar. I could smoke this first thing in the morning or the last thing at night, and I think I'd, I'd probably get a slightly different experience, but it's, uh, it's those woody notes, they've, they've kind of thickened up as uh, I get into, what, about halfway through the second quarter here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're sticking with it. Halfway through the second quarter, we're coming up on the two-minute warning, and... Uh, and <laughs> Okay, we both start coughing. Sorry, I won't make oh, us laugh. That was good. Um, and it's the the woody notes for me have really thickened up. There's not wood and earth to me are different. There's not much earthiness on this cigar really at all. There's, it's it's I'm getting kind of a toasted bread kind of bread crust thing, and I, maybe that's because of what we're doing here. Um, that toffee note with some peanuts, like a roasted, just a plain roasted peanut. As I say, plain, but that's got a, a really nice flavor to it. It's um, it's really really nice, man. I really like this. I'm uh, I'm, I'm pleasantly pleasantly surprised about how uh, how good. I mean, I always expect the dojo stuff to be good, and Alec Bradley makes some great stuff. Uh, Alec and Bradley, their their cigars together. I I don't think I've smoked the Gatekeeper, or maybe I did at the show I was when, say, at their you, event. You absolutely did in Vegas when yeah. uh, when uh, I know I smoked the Project Forty. That's not. That's an Alec Bradley cigar. Correct. Uh, that one I liked for yeah, a budget cigar. Wow. Yep. For three or four bucks or whatever it is, that was that cigar. Maybe it's five, but still, that thing was uh, had a ton of flavor to it. Yep. But, I mean, they're doing something. As far as I'm concerned, they're doing something pretty nice. So to get back to the pairing, I think the and I think the uh, strength uh, or intensity, sorry, intensity of flavor is spot on. And I'll throw it to you. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I guess I really didn't say much about the cigar. I echo all the all the flavors that you mentioned. We talked about it even before we went on. I think um, I would say this is more of like a, a charred oak. It has that nice, like, I'll get into this, but this would hold mm, up to Charred your, oak, that's a good way to put it. To, to, to your point about morning or night cigar, this could easily go with, with a nice... Uh, brown spirit whether whether you're going whiskey or scotch i'm thinking like, scotch yeah like a not a, not a heavily peated scotch right. like a kind of an entry level type like a glenmorangie or uh, i know you said you like mccallan 12 mm. something along those it's lines that's, not, that's what's that it's the only one i know oh <laughs> again we're gonna have to change that yeah um but it is good oh it is it's it is, it is. Nice. it's it the mccallans with the age statements are going away a lot of a lot of whiskeys with age statements are going away, because of the demand for the product has become so high, it's it's not cost effective to to sit on whiskey that long. Wow. So, um, like with um, Hibiki, for example, it's a Japanese whiskey. Um, when they first came out, it was Hibiki Twelve, and I still have a bottle of it. It's fantastic, but now it's Hibiki Harmony, and so it's. They don't really put an age statement on there. It's a blend of the same whiskeys, uh, but it's not. Um, they're not guaranteeing that it's right. the. You'll have some twelve-year age sure, sure. stuff in there, maybe some older stuff too. But they're not uh, committing to that age statement. Uh, McAllen is doing the same thing. They're like a gold and silver, and I think is what they're doing. So McAllen Twelve, if you do like it, grab a couple Stocks bottles. Them up, yeah, because yeah, it's. I mean, eventually it's going to go away. 
uh, a lot of the, the age statement stuff is, but maybe that's a story for another time. Um, but yeah, once you said charred oak, I think you nailed it. Yeah. And that to me is, I, I'm, I start thinking about yeah, whiskeys too. There's uh, Stranahan's is one that comes out of, mm-hmm. uh, of Colorado. Colorado. Hi, Jordan. <laughs> hey, Eric. Um, uh, their stuff is really good. I dig that. Uh, I dig that stuff. And that would be nice because it's not, it's not over the top uh, in strength. And I definitely think like a, <clears throat> and kind of a, a lighter scotch. So I guess that would be more of a highland. I don't really know my regions. I know Islay is going to be more smoky, but I think it's probably more of a highland scotch. Excellent. I think. Would be nice pairing. But this Pilsner, I think, is also a nice pairing. Yeah, no. So yeah, you, you, you for the third it. time, I'm going to try to bring us into the pairing here and say the intensity, Randy, is spot on. The, the intensity is right on. They they are medium. Again, to your point, it doesn't drink as light as a as an American or a German Pilsner. It has that body, so it's able to hold up a little bit better against this medium cigar. Um, and the flavor hook, to your point, is there's a nice sweetness. There's a little kind of spice character there it's very very pleasant the toasted bread character yeah. absolutely plays in both the cigar and and the beer uh i'm gonna go ahead and keep letting the cats on out of the bag and just say i'm going thumbs up this is a great pairing yeah me too uh it, it, pretty enthusiastic thumbs up actually yeah. what is the abv on this i don't see it on the can oh shoot it's got to be i'm gonna say five yeah two? in the five range Look at great show where where we're both. Well, no, I, I was just I forgot to look it up. That's yeah, I was fault. looking on the camera. So much work uh, studying about the history of the beer, well, I forgot to actually look at the stats. We're, we're in somewhere between five and six. It's, yeah, it's, it, probably between five probably and between five, five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely not six, but it's I'm. It's got a, a surprising amount of body to it and flavor to it mm-hmm. that really does. Like I want to take this. And I feel like I say this a lot, but I want to take this on a ride with a couple of different things. Nothing Maduro, nothing too heavy. Right. Uh, definitely a natural wrapper, but um, Connecticut's, I think a ton of Connecticut's would pair really well with this. Great point. And this is, you know, definitely on that medium side, maybe medium plus, depending on what you're used to. So I think you could take a beer like this or any kind of Pilsner, really, and and go maybe get a little bit more aggressive with um, with the strength of the beer. And that's kind of a learning thing for me. Like, I never really thought of that. Yeah, I've never paired a cigar with this beer. I haven't had one of these beers in at least a year. Um, you said drink it every Tuesday for lunch at this little uh, German deli right by your house, actually. But, uh, You've told me about this German deli yeah, a couple of times. I need to find it. Excellent. Is it, it is in Martinez? So, um, it's in Concord. Oh. But it is so authentic. Like, Grandma's literally in the back cooking like authentic German meals. How do I not know? If, I, we'll, we'll talk offline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got to find this place. So, yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely both going uh, thumbs up on this one uh, pretty enthusiastically. I'm, I'm really excited about this cigar. I'm, uh, now that it's gone, I'm a little disappointed that I, I, I didn't buy a bundle for myself because it's different than what I usually smoke. I don't smoke a lot of uh, predominantly Honduran tobacco cigars. Mm. And um, now I feel like I want to because... I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's not a conscious decision. It's just most of the stuff I, I, I have in my humidor is, it's got some Honduran tobacco in it, sure, but it's not predominantly Honduran. Um, that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm going to have to seek some more of that stuff out because mm. there's just a unique flavor to it, and I don't know how to describe it. Mm. 
Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a great cigar, great pairing. Um, obviously, you know we're being authentic because they sold out, so we're not trying to push it. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's <laughs> nothing to gain by saying it's 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 great because it's already gone. Yeah. Uh, by it's way, one of, the, one of the things you know, so Cigar Dojo doesn't do their own review, don't do reviews of their own cigars mm. uh, as a as a dedication to um, integrity sure. and transparency. They don't think it'd be appropriate to you know uh, review their own. Uh, so I was pretty excited. To find that we aligned this perfectly with the letter U coming out right when they had uh, U named cigar coming out, so it's uh, it's funny, cool. um, yeah, like literally almost this exact same day, right? right? Just within a couple of days. It's funny when uh, we were recording our previous show and we were talking about what we didn't say what we knew what the U pairing was, and I said, "Oh, let's do the Urodashi." And the second I said it, I thought, "Oh man, I probably shouldn't have said that," just because. As far as it's kind of, I don't know if it's a written policy or if it's just kind of an unwritten rule that I know Jordan does like, he'll do photo reviews so you can see it. And he takes some great pictures. Almost as good as mine, Jordan. Almost as good as mine. <laughs> um, and then I thought, oh man, maybe they wouldn't want us to do that. But they're totally on board. And like I said, I've got no skin in this game. Neither do you. I mean, you were involved in... Uh, they they let you pretend like you were involved in the process. Right. Very uh, exciting time for me. R- Randy Randy had a, a third of a vote. Uh, no, I, I'm just jealous that I wasn't there. I had um, a fifth of a vote to be perfectly. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's let's be real. Um, so yeah, so I think it was just kind of cool to be able to do this. And like I said, we haven't really uh, done many do- any dojo releases for, for probably for that reason. But the timing here was just perfect. Um, <clears throat> so we've got uh, coming up on Friday. Uh, Randy, you, this is another thing that you're excited about because I think that you are uh, leaving on a jet plane. As of the airing of this show, hopefully, I am uh, somewhere sp- over the uh, the Yucatan Peninsula. We, maybe we, we we might be in between Managua and Esteli. Mm. As a matter of fact, mm. I, I, I was looking at the timing uh, on the uh, bus. I might be on the bus, so we'll see how my uh, for my- for uh, Tonya's deep. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. But we'll see how my my signal is, see if I can be in the chat here. Um, but I will be joining Eric, um, our fearless leader, on a expedition to Cigar Safari nice. in Esteli, Nicaragua. It'll be my very first trip ever going. With the fine folks at Drew Estate. With the amazing folks at Drew Estate who invited us to come down. Uh, they closed Cigar Safari for last year. And um, I heard that there might have been some uh, minor upgrades or to oh the my. facility. And so upon the reopening of Cigar Safari, their uh, tremendous pioneering um, consumer trip down to visit the factory and the fields, uh, they invited Cigar Dojo down to do some media um, kind of awareness around the reopening. And I was lucky enough to fall into this sweet spot of Jordan not being able to take the time off. And I get to sneak down there with Eric and be part of his like seven week travel to. Uh, yeah, Miami he's been on, he's America. been a road warrior. <laughs> what Randy doesn't know is that um, I let my passport expire, which is why I'm not going. Actually, I wasn't even invited. Who lets their passport expire? Right. <laughs> I, there, you have been out of the country more times in the last. I, we're planning year. another trip, so I have to get it. Uh, I have to funny. get it updated. Yeah, I don't know how I let it expire. I don't even know how they let you go to Southeast Asia so recently with you, that close. Because I thought they like 
they stopped letting you book flights. Like no, well, I, I beg your pardon. It, actually. it hasn't expired. It expires in September. Uh, so, um, so I was just making I was just making a joke, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, you can travel. Most countries, it's if your passport doesn't can't expire within the next within six months of your visit. Right. That's uh, that's usually the that's rule. The one. So is this your? This is not your first trip to Nicaragua. It is. Oh, no kidding. It's my first time ever. Yeah, I went to Honduras. Oh, you've last been to Honduras. Year. That's right. And we're going again in Correct. three weeks to Honduras to Camp Camacho and all dojo Camp Camacho, which will be ecstatic. Another um, trip I'm not on. I'm not going to take it personally. Choice. No, <laughs> this one. No, this the timing for me uh, didn't work out. So, uh, so yeah. So I'm super excited. We get to go to uh, Nicaragua. I've never been huge. Uh, oh, you're gonna have a blast. Uh, yeah, it's one of those trips, man. And to get to go to Esteli is. Oh, you're gonna have so much fun. Yeah, I'm. I'm thrilled. So, so we fun. will be airing on Friday. Uh, Eric and I will be down there with the team. Um, who's gonna want to jump in front of the camera? You never know. But yeah. uh, but Joe Grow and. Uh, this new intern, I think, maybe social media manager. I don't remember what his title is. I heard was. he was. There's this guy we know. He oh, works for Drew Estate. He'll rumor was it. He was on the way out. Uh, we maybe we shouldn't say well, it. <laughs> speaking of letting the cat out of the bag. Uh, the, the one and only uh, Cigar Dojo and background uh, research famed Jack Hire will be with us. I, he's a fantastic show, so. Uber driver from, uh, oh, I from what that. I hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let's sit, you sit in the front seat and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So that's that's awesome. You guys are going to have a great time. So that's this Friday. Mm-hmm. So that'll be that's going to be a blast to check that out. And then next week we're back with the with letter, the letter v. v. And we will be smoking the Perdomo... Vintage, the barrel aged vintage 2012 line. That's the one. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I've I've smoked the Connecticut. Mm, I have not smoked the. Or maybe. No, I smoked the Connecticut. I haven't smoked this one yet, so I'm excited. Yeah, all three of them are great. The Connecticut, the Sun Green, Eric loves. Eric and Jordan both love that cigar, and we're pairing it with a beer that you found today, and I can't remember what the name is. It is a McKellar beer. Under their beer geek line. Now they're out of New York. Uh, well, now right. they're they originally were out of Maryland, mm. and but now their primary brewing facility is in San Diego. Oh, well, so I wasn't even close. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of, that's research, Jack. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so, um, so McKellar does um, many many beers. They're marketing geniuses. They started doing all kinds of collabs, but now they have a full time. Uh, brewery down in san diego and they have a line they call their beer geek line and so vanilla shake is the selection to pair with the perdomo barrel age 12 year vintage no 2012 vintage so we're going with a barrel aged cigar and an imperial stout with coffee and coffee and vanilla that's gonna be an assault on our taste buds yes I'm looking forward to it. Exactly. Looking forward to it. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Flavor Odyssey. Again, thumbs up for the Urudashi with the Pilsner Urquell. Uh, we suggest that you seek this out if you have the means to do so. And, uh, well, if you ordered the cigar, really, because it's, it's gone now. Uh, but, again, anyway, thanks for tuning in to another episode. We'll be back with you guys next Wednesday when the Odyssey continues.
Thank you.